0: even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. And joining me at the top of the hour here, in hour number two, it is David Hobbs talking Formula One. And we last week we were at Hungary, and uh, not a surprise with uh, Hamilton winning... Uh, Second place, though, we had Verstappen and then Botas. It didn't look like uh, Red Bull was looking that great at the beginning of the weekend, did they?
2: Well, unfortunately, um, I'm torn here. I want to see Hamilton win his seventh world championship, which the way things are going at the moment, he will do. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, obviously, I want to see Honda do well, uh, the Honda engine in the Red Bull chassis. And going into the year after the test in barcelona you know right back in uh, february things were looking pretty good but uh, when the chips are down and the races you know obviously in Austria three weeks ago and then hungary last week um the mercedes again seemed to have come out way on top and of course the next two races are next week and the week after at silverstone which again should suit the honda even more uh, because they have much longer straights and it's a much higher speed circuit so um Verstappen in some ways was a bit lucky to finish second really because Botas made a horrible start. Mm -hmm. He jumped the gun and then stopped and then had to go again so he lost about six places on the first lap uh, and regained them all except Verstappen. Verstappen, we were all thinking that Hungary would be the place for them to do well too because it's a handling circuit and um, the Red Bulls ace up its sleeve was always supposed to be its handling. Although even that doesn't seem to be much better than anybody else, quite honestly. Of course, the surprise of the season is what they call the pink Mercedes, which is the <laughs> the racing point cars, which everybody complaining are a copy of last year's Mercedes. And they certainly seem to be going extremely well. And Lance Stroll was right up there. Was on on right near the front of the grid. And um, so they could be very strong at Silverson.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, of course, his father... You know, bought an interest Or a large interest In, in, in the team in that. And Lance Stroll Because he comes from uh, a Means Gets a little A lot of uh, Negative uh, Feedback But I mean The kid can drive Well, he
2: certainly Has had his moments mm-hmm. You know, he had that Incredible finish At uh, In Azerbaijan What, three years ago When he lost Second place Literally at the line Right um, So he has put in Some good performances and he hasn't made many terrible mistakes either. And in fact, last weekend at Hungary pretty much outpaced Perez, his uh, teammate, uh, most of the time. So yeah, I mean, Lance Stroll was good because now, now we have another <laughs> conspiracy theory because of course, and that is that Sebastian Vettel is leaving Ferrari, right. is now sniffing around the racing point because it seems to be the next best thing. And obviously, the big question is, who goes, Lance Stroll or, um, Sergio Perez. or Sergio Perez? Well, Sergio Perez, I think, puts a lot of money into that team as well from Mexico. So, And, of course, he has been the de facto team leader. So everybody's making all sorts of uh,
1: conspiracy theories about those two. You wonder if somehow Williams may play a part of this with um, Mercedes with the connection there. And Williams has actually shown some speed and qualifying not so much in race results but they 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 picked up a bit of, of raw speed it seems like in the last couple of races.
2: Yes. As an example, Ferrari was slower at Hungary this year than they were last year. The Williams was about a second and a half quicker. So they are definitely improving. And of course um oh gosh, what's your name? George? Yeah George um yeah uh, Yeah, exactly uh, him. <laughs> yeah. He has shown good, he showed good speed in the wet, in the Austrian... Russell. Russell, George Russell. Young English guy, desperate to drive a Mercedes-Benz, and everybody was kind of thinking he might replace Botas, but I think Botas has shown that he'd be a tough guy to replace. So, but George Russell, I just hope he doesn't you know, hang on that vine mm-hmm. no, and then peter out like so many young drivers do. Because he and Lando Norris are a couple of extraordinarily good Brits. But George Russell makes that Williams do pretty good. And um, oh, so hopefully they will continue to
1: improve. Yeah. You know, and there's always rumors too, how long does Mercedes stay in Formula One? So, and, and I mean, where what, what could we see in like two years? How much, how much of that paddock could change? Are we going to, I mean, they've, the, the, there's not many privateers. Could we see a return of some privateers? It's kind of interesting to see where if, if Mercedes leaves, Ferraris are always going to be around, and you got teams like Racing Point, Would Mercedes would probably still support you know, Williams and, and Racing Point somehow. But you, you wonder how what, what the face of Formula 1 is going to look in two years. Well, I think you summed it up pretty well. I, I think there's a very good possibility that
2: Mercedes will leave and will supply engines become an engine supplier. And the other, of course, major manufacturer who's hanging in the balance has got to be Renault because their figures have been horrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they're losing money. And of course, the French are very protective of their unions and their labor Mm -hmm. force. And of course, what, 40-odd thousand people work at Renault in France. Um, And if they're in a situation where they're gonna have to have fire 20 or 30,000 people, 10 or 15,000 people, um there'll be a lot of questions asked in the french parliament about hey hang on a minute what about this formula one we do you know
1: um i can see that coming a mile off but where's where's gila when you need them right
2: <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> but they may but they may um they may remain as a uh, as an engine supplier talk about Guy jay he and i used to get on very well even though i couldn't speak a word of french and he couldn't speak a word of english but we had some amicable conversations there because he did a lot of uh, endurance driving. So I met mm-hmm. him a number of times at Le Mans and places like that. And he was a great guy, very stocky for a racing driver, a bit like you in a way. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he was, you know, very tough because he had been a, a French rugby player. Oh, okay. I think, I, he was a professional rugby player, I think, at one stage of life. But he was very successful in business, and which allowed him to do so well in the racing. Anyway, digressing a bit there.
1: Yes. <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see, yeah, because we're, we're down to 10 teams and, you know, Formula One's in a place right now, you know, and, and they're trying to do cost controls and you have teams like Ferrari complaining about it, but yet you still want, I mean, you, you don't want a, a grid of 14 cars in Formula One, do you? No. And of course, this is bringing up, uh, by a circuitous route of what
2: you said a couple of minutes ago, will they allow like they used to do customer cars so could Mercedes build like two cars themselves and then two cars for Racing Point and and two cars for Williams um, and Ferrari do the same Formula 1 purists of course say this destroys the whole objective of Formula 1 which is to construct your own car everything is going to be constructed by you um, and in Ferrari's case the engine too and in Mercedes case um, but I think those, <laughs> those old goals are just a little bit out of touch these days mm-hmm. economically. And uh, I think we may see a reversion to, to customer cars from manufacturers.
1: And, I mean, let's admit it. I mean, you look at, even in the 70s, there were a lot of customer cars. McLaren supplied cars, uh, and, and March supplied a lot of cars in the 70s to Tyrrell. I mean, Tyrrell was going back and forth between Matra and, and March and other cars. So, I mean, it, there's been a precedence for that, hasn't there?
2: Oh, very definitely. And, of course, a lot of people look at the 70s as the golden era of, of Formula One. I'm not that sure that it was in particular myself. Um, <clears throat> You know, everybody had a, a Cosworth engine. And
1: Mrs. Um, is getting in the wrong car. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's, why I put a,
1: that's why I put a golf sticker on my David Hobbs Honda, for that reason.
2: <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it would be a reversion to what a lot of people, as I say, talk of as the golden era in Formula One. I mean, I quite like the idea of people making their own car, but, of course, if they put a, um, a price cap of, like, a cost mm-hmm. cap, of 170 million or 150 million or 100 million, kind of hard to produce from scratch a car and find an engine for 100 million. Um, I mean, I know it sounds stupid to say that, but um, but of course, when you go to Formula One races, I'm sure you've been to a number of Formula One races, as you go with the press credential and you get into the inner paddock and you see the unbelievable money that these teams now spend on hospitality. I mean the McLaren, the Ferrari, the Williams. I mean Williams are teetering on the brink, but I mean their hospitality centers as big as our house, and they drive these things all over Europe. They they fold up and compact them down.
1: And we were talking about hospitality, and yeah, Williams. But you know, for them to you, you kind of have to walk the walk, I guess. If you're if you're trying to bring in sponsors, you you kind of have to show we we're, we're a professional team, don't you?
2: Well, absolutely. You kind of stuck with it, and uh, also the press, and the press, as we know, sometimes not that independent. And a lot of these press guys only go to the Formula One races to live it up for a, for a weekend. I mean, the food they deliver at all of those hospitality suites is unbelievably high end. Um, and I, when you play, if you had a, if you're having a private function at home and you get a, a caterer, and he says, "Well, it's going to be you can have twenty five dollars a plate, fifty dollars a plate, a hundred dollars a plate." Well, their food, I can tell you, is always on the hundred-dollar end of the plate cost, and um, they're packed all weekend. Hmm. So their cost per weekend, they would spend more in a weekend now. A modern race team would spend more, for instance, in a weekend than someone like Team Lotus or the early McLaren did in the whole season, probably
1: for the whole season of racing, including travel. Well, and if if the if we would let's say Racing Point would go with the Mercedes, let's say you know, I mean, they're they're going to put their own. Arrow kits on there and they're going to work on the car massage it during the, as they go through the year anyways. Absolutely. You know, I mean, when you get a customer car, then it's your car and you can do what the hell
2: you like with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, it's not like Indy where you really can't right. change it much. Um, and so that brings in another argument, you know, Indy car racing in the last, what, well, last decade really has been incredibly competitive. You know, you're having multiple winners per season. Uh, and it, it doesn't take much to be off just a tad, and yet they are all laras They all come out of the factory basically the same, and Honda have their aero package, and Chevrolet have their mm-hmm. aero package, and you can't change it much. You can't just go and whack another wing on when you feel like it. Um, and yet you see someone like Alexander Rossi last year was just tough, tough as hell. I mean, won the race here at Road America at a, at a canter, and this week, or last, last week, you know, for the IndyCar race, just really was hardly competitive. I mean, got on. That me. was
1: his last win, too. Huh? That was was, yeah, well. East, yeah.
2: So, and that's all with the same car. So it does make, it, it does bring an element of competition in, uh, an element of competition from the driver point of view, and, of course, the engineer, the way they set the car up. So um, an interesting concept that the Formula One could be looking at that and thinking, well, you know, really... If you want competitive racing, you know, you, you can't do much better than car now. Maybe we should sort of go that route. But, of course, Formula One has always staunchly, staunchly been opposed to in any way, shape, or form
1: copying anybody else. Talking with David Hobbs and Formula One on the Final Inspection Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. And uh, final question here, we have, uh, we're have we doing two in Silverstone this year. Now, in the past, you would have uh, they would do two Grand Prix in England one would be the British Grand Prix, one would be the European Grand Prix. That was kind of their way of getting away with that back in the day. they do a bronze hatch in uh, Silverstone, but we are doing two two in a row at, at, in uh, England. Uh, and as far as I know, that's the furthest, correct? Absolutely. Uh, same thing in Austria
2: when mm-hmm. they started. Um, and two, yeah, as you say, at Silverstone, which, you know, I'm a member of the British Racing Drivers Club. I've been now for 60 years. And... Um, they own Silverstone, mm-hmm. and I mean they are just really big time hurting because you've got this vast, you know, eight or nine hundred acre facility where nothing has happened, you know, since March, and um, it's, it's a tough nut to, to swallow, crack whatever you want to do. Uh, but of course, there's still there still will be no spectators,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I'm not quite sure the financial arrangement. But obviously, I'm assuming that Liberty Media, who own Formula One, uh, must be paying the um, the racetracks out of their TV revenue to um, um, to put these races on, but with no, with no crowds. So um, again, a big difference to here, where you know Road America, the crowds are allowed in this weekend at the vintage races, and then of course next weekend for IMSA. Um, but in England, it's still you can't have any spectators at, at sporting events. So it's going to be interesting, but. Um, judging on form so far it should be a mercedes weekend it really i just can't see how it won't be
1: yeah it certainly has been in the past uh with hamilton just dominating that that, that grand prix then we go to spain uh then a couple of my favorite tracks spa and then monza and in, Indy. and then uh, were you surprised when they announced in russia as the finale
2: i was very surprised but of course he goes through now yeah, imola is going to have a race now i believe Oh, did they um, add that? Okay, they've just added it this week, I believe, Imola. Um, because I've seen on the Twitter sphere a lot of uh, great to be back at Imola, where they had a Formula One race. week. But that was the same. That was the same as England. How Italy got two races. Right. They got the, the Italian Grand Prix at Monza.
1: That'll be the European Grand Prix. Uh, well, it'll be the European <laughs> Grand Prix or
2: the was it the uh, San San Marino? Yeah. yeah, and Bob Varch and I remember we were doing the TV for um, ESPN thirty odd years ago. We went to San Marino, which is a principality set right in the middle of Italy there. Um, and uh, it was <coughs> it's very small, I mean, about the same size as El Car Lake <laughs> and uh, on, a, on a big hill. So I don't know what they'll call the race this year, but um, they'll be, be interesting to see the and One car back there.
1: Certainly, will. well, David, we certainly appreciate t- taking time out of your busy weekend here up at Road America for the uh, WeatherTech Brian Redman Vintage Weekend, and uh, for those coming out tomorrow on Sunday, you'll be able to see David handing out some uh, awards and trophies and whatnot. So come on out, and of course we have the the, uh, the Shadow Shadow is the is the featured mark, and we have a, uh, Hall of Fame driver George Palmer out there also, and uh, just it's it's a great way to see uh, almost I think they have ten Shadow racing cars to see them not only in the paddock, but also in on the track too. So come on out to Road America this weekend. A lot of fun. And uh thank you, David, for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me again. And uh make sure, don't forget, check out David Hobbs.com for all the finest in new and used vehicles, certified used hondas too at David Hobbs.com. And we'll be back after this on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and the aforementioned David Hobbs Honda.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance, whether you love true crime or comedy